This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Hello, Halflings! It's me, not Jasper, but Leander, Nati Lewis, Nyao, but everybody calls me Unati. And with me today is... Jeremy Cobb, but Jake Hurwitz calls me Young Cobb. <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> Young Cobb. <laughs> That's giving me yes. Samuel L. Jackson vibes. Uh, And we are not joined today by uh, Jasper Cartwright. He is off uh, exploring Smaug's uh, horde right now, hoping to bring us back the Arkenstone, if possible. Yes, Uh, uh, Jamal has demanded it. Jamal has demanded it, and Unati hopes to steal it for her own (laughs) uh, collection of jewels. Uh, But... Instead of Jasper William Cartwright, we are joined by a guest, a tremendous guest, uh, a guest who goes by the name of Amy Meester. And Amy Meester is with the group uh, D&D Disability. Yeah, insert applause here. Welcome onto the show, Amy. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Oh my god! This is the wrong dungeon and the wrong dragon. <laughs> Full prince vibe? Woof! <laughs> this makes them even more black! Cake glitches and bitches! And lands in the cusp of a teaspoon? Oh no! On a nat 20. No! You think this is just a game? That's disgusting and I love it! Yeah! We're about to get into something real big now. Uh, Amy and I, uh, we, we originally met, uh, what was it, like, a month and a half ago? It's been a while now. Two months ago? Yeah. Uh, we met doing a panel. It was a diversity panel, which I think is coming out later this month, being the month of May. Uh, hasn't been released yet, but we were both panelists on this, uh, diversity panel, specifically to do with, uh, TTRPGs. And, uh... As soon as I, as soon uh, as soon as uh, you said exactly like the kind of stuff that you guys do, uh, I was like, "Ooh!" Immediately, just like, "Ooh, this sounds really interesting." Uh, and I checked out your Twitter and your your website and was just like, "Yo, yo, we gotta have we gotta have Amy on the show." Uh, and it uh, even why don't you explain for us a little bit uh, about? what D&D Disability does, what you guys do. Yeah, absolutely. So D&D Disability, we make supplements for D&D and hopefully soon other TTRPGs uh, that allow you to play disabled characters. Right now we have mechanics for chronic pain. We have mechanics for autism, which I did a lot of the writing for. Uh, We have various... NPCs that are disabled that we put out that people can use in their campaigns just to see how those mechanics work in action. Yeah, our goal is to let people be themselves as they play and explore those things through 
some what I think are pretty interesting mechanics. One hundred and ten percent. Like <laughs> they're so really cool. really cool. Like, so, so before cool. we started this, Unachi and I were just talking about like, <laughs> man, these are so cool. They just make sense. They just make sense. <laughs> right? No, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm gonna brag a little bit. I do all of the NPCs. I make them and stat <laughs> them out. I'm pretty Ooh. proud of how they come out. I think they're pretty cool. Uh, yeah. I think it's really yeah. neat for people to see NPCs that are kind of badass. Oh, am I allowed to? Cool. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, some pretty badass NPCs who are like them. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And we're going to, I think we'll get into the, the NPCs a little bit more as we go on. But I, I really wanted to ask... Uh, how, how, what was your like introduction to the world of nerddom? Uh, we kind of ask all of our guests this, like, what is your, what, what is your D and D slash TTRPG origin story? Yeah, let's see. I had played a couple times kind of casually with friends. What really got me into this, it's kind of embarrassing, but I think it's kind of fun, was a breakup. I got broken up with <laughs> and in my despair... In I my see. despair, I went to the public library, um, as one does, and that day they were having a like little nerd convention, and okay. one of the local comic book shops had a table where they were playing Pathfinder, uh, and they were running little like 30-minute one-shots for people to kind of let them test it out, and I had nothing better to do, and I was very, very sad, so I jumped in on that, and I was like, oh! I've played this kind of casually a couple times. This is really fun. And then they invited me to come to the shop. And then I got kind of involved with a couple of D&D games there at the shop. And as I played more, I kind of started to get into the online community. And then I started to explore other non-D&D TRPGs. I run my own game now. So it kind of just went out from there. Oh, nice. So it was kind of your rebound. It, yeah, uh, D&D <laughs> was my rebound, and I think it worked out pretty well. It worked I out recommend way. it. <laughs> it's been a much healthier relationship. <laughs> much more positive one so far. That's great. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. So how then, from there, uh, from initially entering into the world of TTRPGs, did you get involved uh, with D&D Disability? Yeah, this one's a little bit of a cheat. My roommate is the person who started it. Uh, I will oh. take credit because I am the one who got her into D&D. But Woo-hoo. yeah, I she was in a game I ran for a little while. I sort of introduced her to it. And then we moved in together and she started talking about this. We're both disabled. She has chronic pain and she was looking at some supplements other people had made, like the combat wheelchair and other super, super cool disability supplements like that, and was like, oh, I can make things that reflect me? That's kind of cool. So it was actually really neat to watch her go from just playing in a game I ran to getting really, really invested in playing and making things that reflected herself. Uh, so she sort of founded it, and then I've been helping where it was relevant. We're both autistic, so we did the autism mechanics together. I've kind of helped out with other things. I make the NPCs, but yeah, that one kind of just literally was in my living room <laughs> at this point. Oh, wow. That's really great. That's so, so cool. Like, I guess, I mean, obviously it's, it, it sounds like it's come from like a real like place of love and, and investment, but in terms of like your interaction with the game, 
um, just in general. Um, what did you think were like some of the pitfalls that kind of exist and where do you think you've kind of filled in some of those gaps? Great. Yeah. So honestly, I think D&D is something that lends itself really well to, I mean, obviously homebrewing is such a big thing. So I think it's, it's pretty easy to slot those things in, but I mean, obviously there's the facts that just a lot of the mechanics and a lot of the core stuff, like there's nothing in D and D for disabled people or that, reflects them at least not on a large level mm. so i think it's it was mostly just a case of seeing or something wasn't not necessarily that it need to be fixed but okay if you're not going to do this and add these people then we'll do it ourselves that's mm-hmm. great that's great yeah i think D historically seems to treat disability as like the only instances of it seem to be explicitly like status effects that are inflicted upon you <laughs> right they, right yeah. Oh, yeah, for yeah, sure. It doesn't seem to look at the actual experience of people who are like actual disabled people. And you can see it. I think, honestly, a lot of that that inspired us came from the community. There's so much of the D&D and TTRPG community that's great. Um, but mm. more and more, we've realized as we've actually put stuff out, there is a side of it where you can definitely see that these people have not. I don't know. We get comments all the time. Just totally unsolicited out of nowhere we'll post a tweet and it'll be like well i would never let one of my players like be in a wheelchair and if they were it would be a curse and they would have to heal it with magic like whoa dude that is so uncalled for it's we we get so many people that just feel especially dms that feel the need to tell us exactly why this is stupid and they wouldn't let players do it. I think that that is the, <laughs> Anna and I always say, we're just fueled by spite at this point. Like, because yes. there's <laughs> apparently so many tables where this is not welcome or where it is viewed as, well, why would you want to play a disabled character unless they had been cursed or it was a status effect? Well, mm. you know, some people want to be able to see themselves in the things that they play and find that empowering. I don't know why you would... We get people who will tell us, you know, if I had a player in a wheelchair, they would just have to deal with the consequences because the villains would be targeting their chair and dungeons have stairs. My guy, you're in charge yeah. of that. Like, It is up to like, you to make a game that people want to play in. The villain doesn't have to target somebody's wheelchair. You could just not, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and last time I checked, if you wanted to be like a great sorcerer or cast loads of badass spells, it didn't need didn't ask you to have legs, like work functioning legs exactly. to do it. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm like, hang on a minute, my dude, like that's got nothing to do with vocal, somatic, like spell components, yeah. like nothing. Yeah, there's, there's so much of uh, There is oh. nothing stopping you except people who feel People who really just end up calling themselves out with, you know, well, yeah. this wouldn't be mm-hmm. welcome at my table. All right, so I wouldn't be welcome at your table, you know? If my yeah. autism mechanics are not going to be welcome at your table, then I, an autistic person, am not going to feel safe at your table because you obviously have a problem with me and the behaviors that I have, you know? It's just, it's very telling. Yeah, it seemed, it it's... I guess two things for me. One, even even in regards to like combat for a wheel for somebody in a wheelchair. I know they have the the combat wheelchair item that somebody had made that has been passed around. Mm. But I'm re- uh, reminded of 
I don't know if either of you read the series Animorphs, but oh, later yeah, in the yeah. series, uh, later in the series, when they go to add the auxiliary Animorphs, they, uh, I remember Jake, the, the kind of the leader of the group is talking to this dude who I think had suffered an injury during his life and is now, uh, in a wheelchair. And the guy has been in the wheelchair so long that he's able to just beat Jake up, literally using his wheelchair without ever getting up. He like rams into Jake and does all this stuff to completely throw his balance off. And it's like, that could be really interesting uh, just to in- incorporate. Like, it, what, it, what it betrays to me, this is the second part of my point, is that when somebody has such a violently negative reaction to something like including disabilities in in their game, that they have, it shows that they have a, a lot of preconceived uh, notions about what that disabilities are like and how people with disabilities must experience life. And it seems like they probably haven't spoken to that many disabled people uh, yeah. because every time that I've spoken to a person like oh, to a disabled person, they seem to consistently be like, well, no, this is part of who I am. Let's I don't feel the need to try and change it necessarily. I'm sure there are plenty of people who do, but that I think the overwhelming feel is that like, well, no, this is part of who I am. I don't need to be cured necessarily. Yeah, because I, I watched this really fascinating series of documentaries about climate change. Ah, panicking inside. Um, but it, they were led by a um, presenter named Ade, and he um, has, I think, so, uh, multiple sclerosis, I think. And he was just tr- literally traveling around the world in some of the most remote places in a wheelchair and crutches and making it work, my dude. And he like happy, totally fine, functioning, traveling, living a full life. It's it's just about, sh- I think, OK, I mean, you know, obviously I don't want to come off as ableist just because I'm trying to speak for people who are disabled, but just shift your perspective, like just shift it and no, listen right. to you other can- people. You can definitely tell people who either haven't interacted with disabled people or who will speak over disabled people because those are the people who try to tell us what we can and can't do. You know, like, well, somebody who uses crushes because they have chronic pain and need the support couldn't be in a dungeon. Again, Anna, who started the program, my roommate, who I live with, I've known her for years. She has chronic pain. Sometimes she uses crutches. She can, A, use them so much better than I ever could, B is one of the most badass people I know. Like, people don't like to listen to disabled people and they don't like to assume that we know our abilities and the things that we can do. People who say, you know, well, this person could never do this. Have you asked them? (laughs) Have you asked that person? Because it looks to me like they're over there doing that thing. You just can't imagine doing that. But for us, it's our whole life. We've Mm. learned how to make it work. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And speaking of making it work, uh, I think that brings us to some of the actual specifics of the of the things that y'all have created. Um, I mean, speaking of chronic pain, I have the chronic pain mechanics right in front of me. Uh, And these are one one of the things that I really like about uh, all of these uh, mechanics that you have created is that there's always a trade-off. So even if there might be some downsides, which with uh, the, the chronic pain mechanics have a, a chronic pain chart where each day you roll a D10, and then depending on what number you roll, that determines how severe your pain is for that day and how exactly it affects you. But you automatically uh, you automatically become proficient uh, in constitution saving throws. Uh, you gain uh, pr- proficiency with medicine, and you have advantage on all concentration checks, which, especially for a spellcaster, 
is really good. Right. Yeah, we were very intentional. And we, we always try to be when we sit down to figure out mechanics that you, you want to avoid. There's this stereotype where, oh, this person is disabled. This person's mentally ill. But it's actually because they have superpowers. We don't want to do that, right? Because sometimes mm-hmm. a disability is a disability. People are afraid of that word, too. Sometimes it's not superpowers. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have chronic pain, you know? Um, yeah. But also keeping in mind the fact that a lot of us are kind of experts at other things just because we have to be. So we do always make sure that there's some kind of trade-off that reflects what it's like and we do a lot of a lot of us on the team have personal experience with various things if it's something that more than one of us doesn't have experience with we get people from our community to read it who do have experience with that to kind of reflect well here are the things that you're really good at that balance that out here are the things that are just a part of your life Mm. yeah that's very important for anybody yeah, like, like for anybody with any situation, it it's, it just makes a hundred percent sense to me. Yeah, because like any time that you have uh, a situation where okay, well, let's say for whatever reason your family doesn't have a car and you don't have access to good public transportation, well, you're probably going to get pretty good at either convincing people to give you rides or walking long distances. Yeah. So like you have that, obviously this is different from a disability, but it's, it's what I'm trying to say is that the logic of, Oh, well this particular disadvantage uh, in order to survive and function, I then gain these advantages just by the, through the process of existing as myself. Right, for yeah. sure. And we get people who get really upset about that, too. You know, like, well, you're just giving them extra advantages because they're disabled. No! no. Oh, no! <laughs> like, I mean, no, but also, I mean, that's how every single... Like, if you have a certain class in D&D, you know, maybe if you wear heavy armor... You're less likely to get hit, but you're not going to be a stealthy. Every yeah. single yeah. D&D mechanic has some kind of trade-off. That's how it yeah. works. There yeah. are so many other mechanics in D&D that give you proficiencies or that give you these things. No, this is just balancing it out. It's, yeah, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. It's perfectly logical because, like, my personal favorite are the ADHD mechanics. Shout out for possible late diagnosis. Getting my test <laughs> next week. woo in my 30s awesome um but like it makes perfect sense especially the hyper focusing function i'm like yes i can play a rogue who can only hyper focus and is completely dead to everything else but one task i can do this one thing really well like and it's just like yes that absolutely makes sense i feel like that like um reflects how sometimes i think my brain functions and i'm like oh that's exciting to me because then i can dig into role play there's nothing here that seems like i'm getting an advantage over anyone else and if my DM is paying enough attention, we'll create um, tasks and challenges for the party and myself that, you know, challenge us. <laughs> it's in the name. Exactly. <laughs> like, Again, mm. Yeah, I think it's very reflective on DMs, especially who feel like they have to come yell at us. Like, OK, you clearly aren't you don't care about creating a world and creating a story where people can have fun <laughs> and do <laughs> interesting things with their characters. I don't know. I I do love the ADHD mechanics. One of our team members, Embers, she plays in a game that I DM. And her cleric, now with a couple of 
artificer levels. I love him. He uses our ADHD mechanics now since we've developed them. And I always think of it as very fun to kind of work with that and give him things that he can focus on and things that he can do for the party. That's fun. It's fun for me. It's fun for her. You know, it's yeah, it can be really fun and it makes people happy. So what is the what is the problem? Yeah. Yeah. You're just meeting your players where they're at. Yeah. That's which is just a considerate thing to do as a dungeon master and as like a person who's trying to have fun with their friends. Yeah. And I think just in general, like for the game as a whole, even if you aren't necessarily, even if you don't necessarily um, like uh, class yourself as disabled or um, whether that disability is visible or or invisible, um, you can still just using these mechanics make characters that are just really even more layered and have a Mm. much more nuanced experience. So it's not taking away anything at all. Um, it's just enriching yeah, it. a hundred percent. Like, and, and I think what's really interesting about it is reading these, uh, as someone who does not have ADHD, it's like, it's interesting because I'm like, oh, wow, I didn't, I had not personally thought of this particular part of like the, I guess the AD, the, the experience that a person with ADHD might have. Um, like the idea that, oh yeah, they have advantage on hyper-focusing on this. They have like pluses to their passive perception when they're not hyper-focusing. Like they're, and they're in, of course, hyper-focusing has drawbacks to their passive perception because now they're just like <laughs> blinders on this. Uh, the idea of like meditation uh, being much more difficult <laughs> and anything that takes like long-term concentration. Yeah. Uh, or like whether you're interested in a task or not. <laughs> like it's like, oh, I'll finish this yeah. or not finish that. <laughs> or I really want to yeah, finish Yeah, and like even overstimulation and concentration. Yeah. Both of those me- aspects of the mechanics as well. Like all of these, and of course the impulse check. I love uh, that. These are all really interesting. I love right. the impulse check. I really love it. Because I can't control them. I see a cat and I scream. I can't help it. It comes <laughs> up like a meeting. That one comes up so often in the, the campaign that I DM. And it has always led to either really fun comments combat or just really <laughs> funny moments for the party <laughs> it's always been great and that's i think that the mechanics can be really helpful for dms too because like you said if it's something that you haven't experienced i think that that's a great way for maybe someone who's a dm who isn't experienced with that disability but does know how DD mechanics to work to learn more about that it you know it gives you a way to make things more fun for your character for your player and also helps people learn, you know, in a way that makes yeah. sense to them. Like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. so you have all of the... Yeah, it's, I think it's very helpful. It helps everyone if you use it correctly. Absolutely. Yeah. One thing that I really liked, speaking, uh, jumping back to the the, uh, the NPCs that you created, oh. uh, I one, uh, the first one that I looked at was Yenfir Theradin, uh, the fear bulg. Um, and the thing that jumped out at me was his... His he has chronic pain, but his chronic pain comes from his history as like his past as an adventurer, which I thought was like really interesting. Like he's been in a lot of fights and has suffered a lot of injuries and therefore because of that suffers from chronic pain. And I was like, well, you know what? That just makes a whole lot of sense. 
<laughs> like, I completely <laughs> understand. <laughs> he, like, I know some people are born with, like, conditions that uh, cause them to suffer uh, from chronic pain. But this dude, he literally, like, his 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 profession is what gave it to him. Right. You know, like, he actually, just... I stole him from my campaign. He was an NPC in an arc I ran. And oh, I came nice. back to him because... He was a favorite amongst my party. So I'm so glad that he's your favorite because they got so much fun out of just hanging out with him. So he's, yeah. he's one of my favorites as well because he's one I've actually played. Yeah. Great. Yeah, and I love that his quarter staff. I love the quarter staff doubling as like a mobility aid. That's really cool. Right, like this dude yeah. comes up like supporting himself with his with his staff, and you're like, ah, okay, well we can take this guy, and then he just Wah! and just flips <laughs> it out, starts whacking peeps. Yeah, I think that comes it's back so to cool. you know we know how to deal with our disabilities and how to be proficient with them. We know how to use things for double purposes. We know how to have the stuff we need on hand. You know. Yeah. 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 Well, like the like the painkiller uh, mechanics, which, by the way, thank you for this, because I recently came to the realization that it makes no sense uh, that there are no painkiller mechanics currently existing in Dungeons and Dragons. Like the only thing that's pain related that I can think of is the power word pain spell, which is like an eighth level spell. I don't even right. know if people use it normally, yeah. but like it makes sense to me that like in a world where there's a lot of magic going around or any world, really, somebody would have made some kind of painkillers. Yeah. Uh, that could affect, and yeah, and you guys have, you have both light and, uh, heavy painkillers, yeah. I believe, which, yeah, and, like, each one has their own set of mechanics. All that, yeah. all that, all those little blue pills. Like house. Yeah, like house. Just like house. house. <laughs> yeah, just, just yeah. like house, although, like, that man you ever wanted to play house. lost his license <laughs> so long ago, it is so improbable that he's still treating <laughs> patients. He would have lost his medical license ages ago. <laughs> you, you know this dude has black, like, blackmail on, like, the whole hospital. Uh, yeah, like, where's like, he knows that's the only reason he's still in Where's the show about the house medical industry crime empire that he's got going on? Because <laughs> he must. He must. He uses his powers of deduction just to be able to blackmail everyone around him into not taking away his medical license. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, I, I very much love the weighted blanket. That's a lovely magic item. I love it so much. Yeah, um, that's, it's that's one of my favorite things is when we make all those little magic items that are just kind of fun. It's just a fun flavor. They also, you know, yeah. help with some of yeah. the mechanics, but yeah. it's just it's just fun to do those. Yeah. Yeah. Like the message pebble. That, again, an item that makes so much sense to me, and like, and it makes a hundred. It, it makes sense in any context, not just in the context of disability, but like, it's it, it's it's one of those things where it's like, oh yeah, like okay, for example. One another example of what you could probably call a disability that is in the in the mechanics of Dungeons and Dragons are the Kenku people, like as right. written, because Kenku aren't able to essentially speak on uh, say anything that they haven't heard before. Mm. The message pebble could theoretically uh, completely change all of that because you don't need to actually speak; it's just your thoughts. Absolutely. So, yeah. like in a world like that, you'd think that this would be a common thing for Kenku to have, yeah. potentially. Um, and you mentioned that uh, you had primarily worked on the autism mechanics. 
This HeadGum Podcast is brought to you by Aura Frames. That is right. Uh, from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, even the friends of your life, every mom loves an Aura Frame. Holy shit, even aunts? Yes, especially aunts. Oh, well. Because it was named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. I mean, these Aura Frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. I believe it. You have an Aura Frame, don't you? Yes, I actually more than believe it. I know it. Uh, I've got one for my mom, my mother-in-law, my grandmother-in-law. And dare I say your aunt? And dare you say my aunt and my aunt-in-law. Everyone's got one. Everyone loves them. I mean, Mother's Day is right around the corner, and there's no better gift than a digital photo frame. You give them the frame. It's got preloaded pictures in there, and you know what? You can update it with an app, so every time you take a new picture of a sweet little uh, person or place or thing in your life, it gets automatically sent to that frame. Exactly. And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. Holy smokes. Excellent deal. Yeah, that's A-U-R-A frames.com. You use the code HEADGUM at checkout to save. HEADGUM. Nice. Yes. HeadGum. It's easy to set up. It's loved by everybody, including Oprah, including your aunt. Mm-hmm. So do check them out. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code HeadGum at checkout to save. Damn right. And terms and conditions apply, of course. Of course. Thanks again to Aura. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Um, so like, what, what, what are, first of all, uh, again, these are very, very cool. I like these a lot. But what are some of your, uh, what are some of your particular aspects of like the mechanics of the autism mechanics that you've worked on? Right. So the message problem was one of them because Anna and I were talking about, you know, like, well, when one of us is nonverbal, even if we're just sitting on the couch beside each other, we just text. There's no phones in D&D. You can't just do that. So then we had, we tossed it back and forth and I was like, well, sending stones are a thing. What if you had kind of a smaller version of that? It's a pebble. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about the nonverbal stuff a lot. Um, A lot of the mechanics, honestly, for autism specifically came out of a NPC I ran in the campaign. He's still around, Uh, but I began kind of running this main NPC for the party who was helping them out. Uh, in typical fashion, they ended up, you know, making him come along on all their adventures because you give a party a likable NPC and they adopt him. That's how it goes. <laughs> He's actually married yep. to one of the PCs now. It was a whole thing. But... Oh. <laughs> um, I, I've been there. Yeah, I started introducing him and then just privately I was like, oh, I think he's autistic. And this was as I was figuring this out about myself for the first time. And so I sort of just had him do his thing and would roll various, if we, they were in, they had brought him on an adventure and they were in an environment where it was really like loud or bright or something that I would have found overstimulating, I would just quietly roll a little like constitution saving throw for him that would just kind of inform 
you know, how he then behaved so that maybe the party could pick up on that. And I was really surprised by... He became a favorite of the party, uh, which surprised me a lot because I had put into him a lot of qualities that I didn't like about myself or that I thought were obnoxious about myself because of who I was as an Mm. autistic person. So it was a big wake up for me and I realized, oh, they really like this guy and they specifically really like the parts of him that I feel like I have to mask because they're not cool or they're not easy to deal with. So... Yeah, a lot they draw of, attention in a neurotypical world. Exactly. Yeah, but they embraced so many of those qualities in him in a way that made me feel really good about eventually being openly autistic with them. And now I don't mask when I'm DMing that game, and I don't feel like I have to hide parts of myself. So a lot of those little things that I had done with him, we expanded upon for the autism mechanics, like the whole sensory overstimulation thing, which we then also used for the sensory processing disorder mechanics, which are Mm. separate, but those two things often go hand in hand, as with a lot of disability stuff. So Mm. it was a lot of things like that, where I took Mm. little roles that I had already been making, and we just expanded on them a little bit more and made them a little bit more meaty. Mm. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, some of these are so detailed and deep with how, like, it, uh, one of the things that I like about it is, like, uh, with autism, it can manifest so differently in different people. Like, each, every, I think, what is the saying? If, you, if you've if you met an autistic person, you've met an autistic person. Yes. Like, you don't know all autistic people. Yeah. Every person's experience is going to be different. And different people are going to uh, express different traits to different uh, extents. And so... Uh, like there's different you have multiple different aspects that can be emphasized depending on how exactly this particular character uh, expresses their autism. One of the things I'm very proud of with our mechanics is how we do do a lot of making lots of different traits and lots of little pieces and we try to emphasize you can or you can work with the DM to pick the ones that are relevant for you and your character. There's a lot of customizing that you can do because again yeah not all disabled people are the same everyone has their different little mix of traits and so we try to give people lots of options and say you know you can pick and choose from the ones that work for you and the ones that reflect your character and leave out some of the others it is totally up to people yeah and you even have like separate the the stress point mechanics uh, that tie in with this and of course the, the items that tie in and mm-hmm. even with the chronic pain mechanics I don't think we mentioned the, the joint braces yeah. that can help give you like a minus to your uh, to your p- chronic pain rolls like it's really it's a whole system it's really really cool and uh, like it's 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 ready for a person to just take and uh, slot into their game um which actually brings me to my next question, because I don't think that I play... I, I play with some people, I think, with various disabilities, but I've never actually... I, most of the players in my games are not disabled. And my question to you is, uh, how do you feel uh, about, like, non-disabled people playing disabled characters? Right. I and, think, like, how should they approach that? I think people should go for it. I think that that would actually be great. I think the problem is when you bring it in as 
this is my disabled character. And it has to be, you know, their whole arc revolves around they're in a wheelchair and they're sad about it. Which, obviously, mm-hmm. there's all kinds of complicated feelings that people can have about that. But I think the main problem is when people make it, you know, a curse or some kind of tragic backstory that they're just really bummed about all the time. And their whole mm-hmm. thing is about fixing their disability. That's obviously not yeah. great. But I think one of the reasons these mechanics exist, one of the reasons we made them, is so people can understand them, is so people can see disabled people as people. I think if you want to play a character who is disabled, even if you yourself are not, if you're going to be cool about it, you should just do it. Just play them as a person. The mechanics are there to kind of inform how that affects their life. That can be a really useful tool. I think that that'd be very helpful because disabled people are people. We're just people. (laughs) We all have our own little things, but we're just people. And so I Mm. actually think that it would be great if more non-disabled people just played us Mm. as people and treated us as people. I think that normalizing that is a great thing. So I would definitely love to encourage people to just go for it. If it's something you're interested in, just go for it. And if there's anything you're ever not sure about, you can ask a disabled person, you know, if there's something you're concerned about, talk to a disabled person (laughs) or (laughs) yeah, our mechanics are there to support you in that and tell you what it's like. I, I think it's a great thing. If people are going at it with good intentions, even if you mess up, that's fine. You know, it's, it's, I think that it's a good thing. It's about like the learning process, really. Mm. Exactly. It's, yeah, it's kind of the same thing that we say when uh, when we talk about, like, people playing a racial minority that they're not a member of. It's the exact same principle, that it's really about, uh, it's really about respect and, like, and not making, not making the thing about this person that is different from you their defining feature. Right. Yeah. Like... Yeah. You're if you're a white person playing a black person, maybe don't call them black blackson. And like every single thing about them is just yeah. Really want to emphasize that this person is black. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a white person playing a black character. Yeah. Just everybody, awesome. everybody clear. Like it's the same kind of it's the same principle. Mm. Uh, and don't lean into weird stereotypes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hundred percent. It's yeah. it's it's the same principle. Just uh, treating people with respect. Yeah, and I think that like a lot of your work is so well considered and sort of beautifully built in that if you just allow the roles to happen and take your time with it session by session, you are going to get a real feedback loop about the actual experience, despite despite you not necessarily having that experience and learn how to continue to play it with a level of grace and integrity. Um, just purely by the roles and how the mechanics function and and feel that and whatever discomfort arises there and navigate through that because that's i think that's the beauty of these of the of of these items is that it it gives you that tactile experience literally off the page mechanically so just trust it for sure yeah i think if you're willing to learn and just see where the roles take you that'll very quickly give you a sense of what it's like once you've failed a couple chronic pain roles and you see how that affects you, you're very quickly going to figure out how that affects people, you know? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gives you a lot more empathy yeah. for people. Yeah. Sure. That's what we want. Um, Boo to bad DMs who don't want to bring more people into their games. Boo! 
Boo. A very friendly boo. A very friendly, light-hearted <laughs> boo meant love and light. I'm sorry. But a boo nonetheless. I hope they learn. <laughs> yeah. A boo yeah. with flowers on top. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, I think, I think it's, as you mentioned, it's great that... D&D in general, and 5e in particular, is uh, a game that encourages the players to create mechanics and add the things that they want to see in the game. But hopefully, Wizards kind of takes a cue from from you at D&D Disability and other groups uh, and other people who are creating things like this, that like some of this stuff should just be in the game. Like, there's yeah. no reason that some of these things can't be specific items or, you know, some aspect of the some aspects of the mechanics as well. Like, some of this stuff could easily fit in. Uh, and it would address the fact that currently D&D just kind of overlooks all of that. Uh, and as we said, kind of, or any disability that occurs in-game is essentially just painted as a curse. Right. Usually yeah. explicitly occurs. I think that it's definitely become more of a thing. I think there's a lot of awareness around it right now. I mean, we are not the only people who are doing super incredible work when it comes to that. You've got the combat wheelchair. There's so many other people who are making the game their own and representing themselves in it. It's a really big push right now. So I, I'm very hopeful that people like, you know, Wizards of the Coast will kind of pick up on that. That's a thing that's important to their players, to a lot of them, actually. It's, yeah. I think yeah. a lot of people didn't even realize that it was a thing that was missing until they realized they could do it. Yeah. yeah. So. 100%. Um, I guess the the next question that I wanted to ask is, like, what what kinds of things do you have planned for the future? Do you Can you share with us any ideas that are any things that you all have been working on that you might be bringing out? Yeah. Uh, like other mechanics or items or anything like that? Yeah, we actually have a pretty big, exciting one that is coming out on the 28th. We're making a little zine booklet. Uh, it's called A Guide to Service Mimics. And we have gone with the idea of, hmm. what if you could use mimics for cute, fun, good things? What if they could be kind of helpful? So we have a whole book that is full of... Uh, Mimics as basically support animals or as disability aids, which I think is very fun. So it's just a whole book of these little statted out helpers. We have, there's a wheelchair mimic. There's one that functions as a back brace and can sort of adjust and provide support to the wearer. Uh, there are some that can, you know, warn people to back off for people who have sensory issues or don't want people to come up and touch them. So we're, yeah, we're coming up with a whole zine of fun, cute little mimics. We have a great artist. They're so cute. Um, so it's just a cute little book full of cute little art of mimics being your friend. And that's May, May 28th is when that is coming out. We're having, we're writing it and having sensitivity readers look at it right now. So that's definitely the one oh, we're very so cool. excited about. Is that's going to be like a print, a little print zine and everything. It's going to look great. Hey, I'm going to get one. Will people be able to get that on your website? Uh, yeah, absolutely. It'll be on our website, which is just dnddisability.com. Uh, we are putting stuff about it on our Twitter, which is, it's all the same handle. Uh, it's all just at dnddisability. Mm. We have little sneak peeks on our Twitter. 
if people want to support us, we've been posting little excerpts from it on our Patreon that people can look at. I think we just posted like part of the introduction on there. So yeah, people can find stuff about that pretty much anywhere they can find us. Mm, We're hyping it up. We're very excited. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's really cool. cool. Like, even as you were saying that, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> support support creatures in D&D. It's like, it's like we already have, like, a Beastmaster Ranger. They have a sidekick exactly. mechanic. Like, <laughs> yeah. all of this stuff could so easily be slotted in there. Yeah. This is, yeah, <laughs> it's my, ripe. My personal favorite is there's a seeing eye mimic, and the design for it is just covered in little eyes. It's so <laughs> fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. I love that. Yeah, yes. this is oh man, that's exciting. Do you do you, uh and I also saw that on your website you have uh it looks like they were com- created by the community. Uh some like you have the oath uh, the oath of accessibility uh which is I guess a a, pal- a paladin subclass mm. and different things that and chronic migraine mechanics. Uh so you guys you are you've been like working with different groups to create additional mechanics, is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. We have been trying to highlight again other things that people have been doing that, you know, we didn't have any hand in. They were just cool things that other people did, but we wanna uplift those because oh, okay. we're all in it together. So things like the chronic migraine mechanics and the oath of accessibility, we didn't have anything to do with making those. We just found mm. them or the people reached out to us and we were like, oh, that's really cool. We want people to be able to see those. So we are also trying to incorporate community works. The oath of accessibility, which is a paladin oath, was very cool. The creator of that works with a children's hospital in the UK. And so we made stickers for the Oath of Accessibility. We got an artist to do stickers. And all of the proceeds we made from those stickers, we were able to donate to the Children's Hospital, where they run TTRPG programs for kids. So we've been able to do super cool stuff like that just by... It's so important to support other people. You know, it's not a competition of who can do the cool thing first. We're all in it together. We're all trying to see ourselves represented We want to be very intentional about lifting up those people so that everyone can see the cool things they're doing. Yeah, this is so exciting. Like all this stuff is so cool. And I can tell you that a lot of our fans on our discord have been like clamoring for ways to represent uh, various disabilities in game. So they're going to love these mechanics that you all have worked on. This is so cool. Yeah, we want people to use use them. We want to hear about people using them. That's I get to run a game and watch my players use some of them, which is super fun. I love it. I, yeah, we always want to hear about people using them. It makes us very happy. We will talk about it in our Discord. <laughs> we'll have a great time yeah. with it. Yeah. Uh, I want to also just encourage anyone who has not checked out D&D Disabilities website. It's such, it, like, this stuff is really cool. Like, yeah. you all thought of, like, reading this, I'm like, man, they thought of everything. Like, <laughs> reading the different yeah. things. Like, this is awesome. And then, uh, look, and what I like about it as well is that, like, there's different ways to apply it in the game. Mm. 
Uh, it there you can apply it to NPCs. You can apply it in different like yeah. It's just there's yeah. It's awesome. It's um, really cool. Like the I, second I opened it up, I was just in. I was like, oh. what? Where has this been? My whole life. <laughs> ja- Jeremy, to be fair, has been shouting at me for weeks to look at it. But where has it been? <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being with us, Amy. Um, we always ask our guests uh, for a, this is one of my favorite parts of every interview because these are always really interesting. Uh, a tale from the table. This could be a fun, crazy, chaotic, dramatic story that's happened to in game to you or somebody else at the table. Uh, could also be heartwarming. I, that should be on the list because we've had at least one heartwarming one. <laughs> but anything, any chaotic, crazy, interesting, fascinating, uh, shocking tale that you can give us. Yeah, so I actually do have one. I think it's crazy and heartwarming, so there you go. But it also has to do with the autistic NPC that I put in my campaign, because this campaign's been going on for almost two years. It's been a really long time, but they're they're all very high level now. But they had been befriending this NPC for a long time, and one of their main enemies in the campaign is the Fae Queen, because I love my Fae lore. And the thing that kind of spiced it up was that one of my PCs, she was a warlock and she wanted a fae patron. And I remember when I was putting together campaign stuff and she told me that, I was like, this is perfect. I already have a perfect fae patron for you. So there had been lots of drama about she was kind of trapped into being a warlock for the fae queen that they were trying to destroy. So they'd been spending this whole little story arc trying to figure out how to get her out of that. During this time, she had also started dating my autistic NPC. They're very cute. I love them. It was such a pleasant surprise. Sometimes players try to romance things and you're like, oh, I'm not sure how I'm going to do this. This was great. (laughs) They're very cute. It's perfect. But they had been together for a while and it kind of came down to this big climactic battle and being the devious DM that I am, I started pulling out, well, you're a fae warlock. You're trying to fight the fae queen's minions right now. She doesn't really want you to do that. <laughs> so I was kind of having her fight the party a little bit. Um, and it mm. was it was very dramatic. And they concocted a plan that I did not see coming, <laughs> which entailed the way that she had gotten trapped into being a fae warlock was by accidentally giving the fae queen her name. So what she did was... She proposed to this NPC, and they got married, and she changed her name. And they were like, if I change my name, it's my true name's different now. Does that that break it? And I thought about it, and I was like, I guess that is such a wild thing that I would not in any way have thought of. Yes. (laughs) I was just desperately trying to figure out what they were going to do to try to break this warlock pact. And it was get married and change your name. <laughs> That's awesome. I thought it was so fun. There was no way I wasn't going to let that happen. It was just, yeah. I had not thought of it. I was going to make them go on a whole quest to get her name back, personally. But mm. I had not thought about <laughs> Much it. Much simpler. It was a really fun, like, roleplay way to do it. It made sense for the characters. That's one of my favorite things that's ever happened in the game I've run, because I just remember sitting there, and it's, you know, that session went long, because it was a big climactic battle. So it was, like, 11.30 at night, (laughs) and they're like, hey, Amy, what if we did this? And, you know, my brain is exploding. 
It made me happy. Everybody was so hype. They got one of the clerics in the party to, like, marry them real fast. They had a full-on Pirates of the Caribbean, like, battle wedding. It was the coolest thing that's ever happened. That's so cool. I just remember that as something that I was so pleasantly surprised because I hadn't thought about it, but it was really, really cool when they said it. And then everybody in the party was really hyped. It was a good night. That's one of my favorite stories. Oh, I love that. So did they end up defeating the the fake queen? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they... Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not in a way that I anticipated. But sometimes that's better anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I was very proud oh, of them. Oh, man. So did did the uh, the warlock remain a warlock or did did they end up like what what happens once they've changed their name and they're no longer uh, being controlled by their patron? Yeah. So I after that session, I went and I talked with that player because I gave her several solutions. She had taken a couple fire levels at that point. She had multiclassed a little bit. So I told her, you know, I'm not going to punish you for doing a cool thing by being like, well, now you're just a level three fighter in this level 10 party. Uh, So I offered to let her kind of switch over to fully fighter or it worked out conveniently. There was another very, very powerful person that they were working with. And so I offered her the opportunity to still be a warlock, but switch switch all of her stuff over. So we switched her warlock pact a little bit and just took away her fae specific abilities and I gave her some cool new ones. So it worked it worked out. There was another warlock patron ready for her, but it turned out pretty nice. well. Yeah, I did not want to punish her for doing a cool thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How dare gonna, you do this yeah. cool thing? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's so cute. Oh man, that was a great story. Yeah. I love that. Thank you. Yeah, thank oh, wow. you so much. <laughs> Well, uh, I guess for the people, tell them, you've already mentioned it once, but uh, just to remind everybody, where can they find uh, you in D&D Disability? Yeah, D&D Disability is dnddisability.com. We're at D&D Disability on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. That's probably the easiest way to find us. You can find me on there. You can find Anna on there. You can find everybody else on our team. All of our social stuff is linked on the website. That's the best way to sort of find everything all at once. It's all on our website. Woohoo! Yay! Awesome. Uh, and, oh yeah, I guess I have to throw in a plug for our, uh, show at the end of here, uh, specifically for the Patreon, uh, cause I think we always plug this. Am I correct? Oh, do we yes, plug we this? Yes, we do. I feel like we're a little bit at sea without Jasper. Yes, we do. Well, <laughs> is the thing is, it's normally Jasper, Jasper does who does this, this, and I zone out through this. Uh, <laughs> me too, so, like, I at one point it was me. At one point it was me who used to jump in and be like, oh, but we should also, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah, on Patreon. Um, and wait a minute, correct me if I'm wrong. But D and D disability is also on Patreon. Yes. Yes. No. Yes. 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 We yes. are. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. So first of all, go to Patreon. What? Uh, what, what is it? Just D and D disability at, uh, on Patreon? It is. Yes. Important to note. It is not like a you have to be part of our Patreon to get our stuff. All of our mechanics are free. The Patreon is mostly just for people who want to support us. Sometimes we post early sneak peeks of mechanics we're releasing, but it is just a, if you want to support us, that's cool. All of our stuff is free for people who want to use it. Awesome. Mm. 
Okay, well, go to Patreon, uh, sign up to become a patron for D&D Disability, and then, you know, while you're at it, if you got a little bit of extra cash uh, lying around, you can uh, head over to patreon.com slash tbhalflings yeah. and maybe become one of our patrons. Yeah. Uh, you get additional bonus episodes, you get uh, Wagadu watches where we talk about the... Uh, the episode that, or the various episodes, we kind of decompress after the episodes of our actual play show, The Cub and the Caterpillar. Yeah. Uh, you get, um, what else do you get? You There's get other to things vote on there. On stuff that we do. Like oh yeah, one you get to vote on stuff. You can, you can become an, N you can help create an NPC that will appear in a future session of The Cub and the Caterpillar, a future episode that is. Uh, all kinds of cool stuff that can happen on there. Um, but uh, I would tell you where to find the podcast, but if you're listening to this, you hopefully already have. Um, <laughs> however, we are on Twitter as well, at TB Halflings, on basically all of the social medias. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, wow. This has been... I I can't wait to actually implement some of this stuff. Yeah, yeah. Mind's completely blown. I'm like thinking right now, oh, I've got a warlock who needs some, some pain <laughs> management coming her way pretty soon. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh. Ellie, if you're uh, listening to this, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you to Amy for being with us. This has been an absolute blast. Uh, thank you all for listening, uh, and we will catch you all next time. Uh, so long, Shire folk. So long, Shire folk. Meow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> That was a HeadGum Podcast.